Just uh, uh, the first part, of course, is review from last week, but in our introduction there we have our note, the Holy Spirit calls believers to several actions uh, here we're looking at over these uh, few verses. And the first one we looked up last week is right out of verse 20, and it says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So you have a blank line there, building up yourselves. And Jude teaches us, we talked about this last week, again, just by way of review. Jude teaches in verses 3 and 20 that we are to be balanced in both battling. We know we're in spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit as we get into the the, uh, idea here of prayer. But also building. We're to be building. You know, one of the verses, it's a wonderful verse by its way. It's a wonderful verse if you ever want to shoo a Jehovah's Witness off your porch is Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul says to the Ephesian pastors, he said, Take heed to yourselves and to the flock which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. God hath purchased the church with his own blood. Amen. But in the beginning it says, take heed to yourselves and to the fly. He's really telling pastors, listen, don't forget to build yourself. Don't forget that you need devotion time. Uh, I can just tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, as a pastor, it, it can be really easy to just get into the habit, Brother Anderson, of just reading the Bible and studying the Bible because I have to prepare messages. I have to, amen? It's part of my job. But if I, if I want to really stay right with God, I've got to build up myself. I've got to build my relationship with God myself, amen? And so he talks there about the balance between battling but also building. And we referenced in Nehemiah, remember there, they had the trowel in one hand and the sword in the other uh, there when they were building the wall. So the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ. It says that in 1 Corinthians 3.11. Ephesians 2.20 calls him the chief cornerstone. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. And so, and that foundation is laid when we believe or trust Christ. You know, I, I was talking to somebody recently and they were, they were concerned about their spouse. They were concerned whether their spouse has truly trusted Christ. And again, I've said this before, church, in this room, and, and, and we have, we have uh, folks in the back there too, but in this group of people, and I believe, I believe the vast majority of us are saved, but there's only one person I truly know is saved, and that's me. Because as, you know, forgive me, as old Johnny Cash used to say, I was there when it happened. So I guess I ought to know, Amen. And uh, yes, but the, when the moment that you trust Christ, whether you're five years old or 55 years old or 75 years old, that moment, that foundation is laid. But then, we talked about this last week, but how we choose to build is up to us. How we choose to build, the structure that we build, the materials that we use for building. We looked at the judgment seat of Christ and how everything will be tried at that day by fire. And if we've used gold and silver and precious stones, and and there's so much to be preached on in that, it really has to do with our motives more so, uh, and not so much as uh, how much we do for the Lord, but why we do it. That's really what's going to be tested, Brother Stark, at the judgment seat of Christ. Why did you do that? Was it so someone would say, good job, or was it so that he would say, good job? Amen? 
So take heed. We're all spiritual builders. Now, these verses, we didn't really get to look at these uh, last week. So I'd like to go, if we could, go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And then we'll look at uh, the passage there in 2 Peter as well. We know Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. You want to build yourself, you're going to have to. The word of God is our spiritual food uh, for us to build. But uh, if you look in Acts chapter 20, this is, of course, that passage where Paul was talking uh, to the Ephesian elders. We just mentioned verse number 28. But if you look down at verse number 32. Again, has to do with the same subject here. Uh, we're, we're commanded to be building up ourselves on our most holy faith. Look at verse 32. It says of Acts chapter 20, and now brethren, I commend you to God and to the what? Word of his grace, which is able to what? Build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. So the Word of God has a tremendous part in our building. But then if you go to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, just a few uh, pages over from Jude, you have 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then 1st and 2nd Peter there right before that, and verse number 1, same, same thing, really, if I, I have verse 5 through 7, but if you look at verse 4, it's talking about that same item that's able to build us up. And verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious, what? That's the word of God, isn't it? It's the word of God. Uh, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Moral excellence, that's what virtue is. And a virtue, knowledge. And by the way, isn't that interesting that moral excellence comes before Bible knowledge? A lot of people have Bible knowledge, but no virtue. Virtue's first, amen? Virtue, and then virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, that's self-control, and a temperance, patience. Uh, I talked to somebody this week, and I said, oh, that God would give you patience. She said, well, pastor, I'm not praying for it, because patience comes with troubles, amen? Uh, troubles <laughs> produce patience, and patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, and it tells us there, these are things that should be building character traits that come from laying down that foundation of the Lord Jesus and then building ourselves on the Word of God. So, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. We bear, again, quote here by Coder, it's a good quote, we bear the responsibility of, for self-development, for growth in Christian character, for the rearing of the structure that will glorify Christ in everything. This is a lifelong task. So, number one, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So, if you go back to Jude... In verse number 20, <clears throat> second part of the verse, but ye beloved, so that's what our, these are our admonitions to the beloved, those whom Christ loves, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, and then he tells us that we are to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, this verse has been hijacked by the Charismatics. Well, whoever that is, just tell them we're busy, amen? <laughs> That's a great ringtone, by the way. 
This verse has been hijacked by the charismatics who say, that means you're just supposed to jibber-jabber in some unintelligible language, and the Holy Ghost understands and God understands. You know, the only problem with that is the Holy Ghost understands a deaf-mute. Right? Of course he does. Amen? Really, that is, that is absolutely not what this verse is talking about here. So uh, we have a note here. Just as the defining characteristic of apostasy is found in verse 19, and that is simply uh, having not the Spirit. Remember that, that when we finished out with the apostates, it was this idea of having not the Spirit. That's really why they are apostates. They have crossed God's den line. They do not have the Holy Spirit. So, so the Christian's prayer life ought to be defined, led, and fed by the indwelling Holy Spirit. Again, we mentioned this, we talked about this. The day you got saved, the Holy Spirit moved into your heart and life to take up his permanent residence. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That one day, I believe, you know, we talk about the angels carrying you into Abraham's bosom. Yes, I believe that. The Bible says that. I also believe the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who ushers us in. Amen. And uh, at rapture day or at death day. So uh, we, our, our prayer life ought to be defined, led, and fed by the indwelling Holy Spirit. So to live the Christian life to the fullest one must seek to be under the control and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 5.18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and he gives there not only a negative command not to get drunk, but he also gives a comparative there when he tells us, just like the drunkard abandons himself to liquor, Abandon yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit... Fit. And listen, we, we've all seen a drunk man that was suffering the effects of liquor. Slurred speech and uh, couldn't, couldn't walk very well. He said, take that in a positive way and let the Holy Spirit... Because the Holy Spirit's not going to make you do foolish things, amen? When you're filled with the Spirit... so. Uh, He's talking about that in regards to praying in the Holy Ghost. To live the Christian life to the fullest, one must seek to be under the control of and filled with the Holy Spirit. Go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. That's the blank line there. You have a blank line. Matthew 26, 41. Matthew 26, 41. Here we have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is such a great passage of Scripture. It goes back to verse 37 where he takes Peter and James and John with them. And remember, he goes a little further. Uh, it tells us there in verse 39, such a great, great preaching verse there. And, uh, but in verse 41, he says this. He tells them to watch and pray. Watch and pray. So in Matthew 26, 41, we are commanded to watch and pray. Now think about this. Watching is sighting the enemy. Praying is fighting him. You ever wonder why prayer is so hard? You ever wonder why 
You can do anything. You do anything secular. It doesn't matter what time of day. You, you do it, you're, you're doing something, maybe you're building something, maybe you're reading something, doing whatever. You start to pray, and all of a sudden it'll be this. <sighs> and the next thing you know, you, you started praying, uh, Miss Maria, and your, your prayer list is on your Bible, and you ended up like this. Uh, listen, ladies and gentlemen. It is warfare. It is spiritual warfare. I think it was Spurgeon who wrote, the devil trembles when the weakest saint is on their knees. And the idea is because they're praying and they have access to the one who controls everything. So uh, watch and pray. So watching is sighting the enemy. Praying is fighting him. Uh, prayer is an important weapon against the devil in our spiritual warfare. I want you to uh, hold your place there. Go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and then we'll look at Ephesians 6, and we're going to close out looking at Romans here. Prayer is an important weapon against the devil in our spiritual warfare. So, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse number 4. You ever fought, felt like, you know, if I, if I just had a sword, I could, I could take on the, the devil or his demons, and, you know, I, 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 well, here's, here's the thing about that is, what, by the way, we do have a sword, it's a different kind of sword, Amen. But here's what the Bible says there in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare. Now, what's our warfare? It's spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly. Now, you don't fight the devil with your fists as much as you'd like to. By the way, you'd lose. You'd lose. Every time, you'd lose. That's why Michael said in Verse 9 of Jude, listen, the Lord rebuked thee. He didn't fight with him. He said, the Lord rebuked thee. And Michael was an archangel, very powerful. So, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strong. Do you know this? Listen. Prayer, prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. And what that really means, I'll just mention that. I didn't even have that in the lesson, but praying in the Holy Ghost really means you're praying from a position of obedience in your life. You're doing your best to obey God. You are praying for the will of God, not just foolish things. You're praying for things that you know God would be pleased with. And that, that is what it is to pray in the Holy Ghost. But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Prayer can break chains Prayer can open doors that nothing else can. You, you, want, you want an example here? Go, go with me to Acts chapter 12. I was just talking to somebody about this on, on Sunday, really just mentioning about my wife's condition, and we'll be doing an update here uh, soon. Uh, some of you follow us on social media, and we'll, we'll be doing that. But I was just mentioning this passage of Scripture in regards to prayer. Remember, you, you know here that Peter is bound in prison. If you look at verse number 5, it says, 
Peter was kept, Peter therefore was kept in prison, uh, verse 5, but what? Prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. So everybody's in their place, including Peter, in the prison, stuck between two soldiers, two keepers right there. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, a light shined in prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. What did that, ladies and gentlemen? Prayer. Could anybody else have done that? No. Not a file, not a hacksaw. No. And the angel said, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, for he thought he saw a vision. He thought he was dreaming. So would you. Amen. When they were past the first and the second wards, so they had gone by all these guards, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened unto them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and forth with the angel departed. What did that? Prayer. Prayer. Listen to me. That's the weapon of prayer. The weapon of prayer. Listen, you, you, got, you got stray children? You got stray grandchildren? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. And by the way, how important is that in the context of what we're studying today? What are we studying in Jude? Apostasy, with the world turning from God and going so far from God. How important is it for God's people to be praying in the Holy Ghost? Have that relationship in prayer. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So, Prayer is an important weapon against the devil in our spiritual warfare. We, I give you Ephesians 6.12 there too. It talks about uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. When we need the Holy Spirit to help us. So go with me if you would to Romans chapter 8 and then we'll get into our prayer time here. Romans chapter 8. Verses 26 and 27, you have them listed there. We know verse 28 very well. That's a verse we, we know and we love and we lean on. And that is simply, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them were the called according to His purpose. But verses 26 and uh, 27, and that word likewise, it kicks us back to verses 24, 25, which deal with the subject of hope, patiently waiting in hope. He says, likewise, just, just like we're, we're patiently waiting in hope, verse 26 of Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts, this is the Holy Spirit, Knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? That's exactly what it is to pray in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you. Hey, listen, I know some of you are so faithful to pray for this list, and don't stop. Don't stop. 
But can I, can I ask you to maybe do this? Lord, would you lead me in prayer today? Holy Spirit, would you lead me in prayer? Maybe, maybe in your morning time you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pray through the list or afternoon time. Maybe there's just another time during the day where you say, Lord, I, w- I want you to, to lead me to pray. Who to pray for? You know, I mentioned Miss Ruth Marie gave me that little, little note that I missed you on Sunday. That, that's a sweet thing. Think about that, doing that in regards to prayer. Lord, who do I need to pray for? Holy Spirit, bring somebody to my mind. You think the Holy Spirit would be pleased by that? You think he can do that? Of course he can. Amen. So praying in the Holy Ghost, uh, that's our lesson for tonight. Okay, uh, so we've got